If you would, open your Bibles to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, and we'll be looking at verses 15 through 17. You know, I was thinking about something, Steve. We know that that Dell and Wayne are okay because we've not heard anything on the news to say otherwise. Well, they've not called our ambassador over there, so... 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. This past week I was reading a cultural research center poll and the results 
of this pole, in my view, were not very surprising. Considering the society in which we live. Now, it was a poll that was given to American teens, and pretty much it was a poll on their belief of God and the Bible. Now, according to this poll, 69% of the youth that was polled believed the following statement. God exists and is the all-knowing, all-powerful, perfect creator and ruler of the universe. Now, when you think about that statement and 69% believing it, you're thinking, wow, you know, that's great. But then it said only 35% believed that sin was real. So you had 69% that said they believed in God, but only 35% said that they believed that sin was real. And only 36% believed that the only solution to sin is Christ's death on the cross. And it gets worse. It also showed that only one in four, only one in four, believe that the Bible is true. That's not good at all. Why? Because that last statistic is the most important. Only one in four believe that the Bible is true. That means that out of that 69%, out of that 35%, and out of that 36%, the majority of them didn't believe the Bible. And if they don't believe the Bible is true, how could they believe in God? How could they believe in sin? How could they believe in Christ's death on the cross? Because everything that we know about God apart from creation, everything that we know about sin everything that we know about God's law, everything that we know about Jesus Christ is found in the Bible. It's distressing, but when I read that, I was not surprised. Why? Because many churches today would rather tickle people's ears than teach the Bible. And we are to teach the Bible. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 17. This is in Paul's pastoral letter to Timothy, the second letter that he wrote to Timothy. And look at what Paul writes here, starting with verse 15. And that thou hast known the holy scriptures of a child, 
which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. For the whole scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable to teach, to convince, to correct, and to instruct in righteousness, that the man of God may be absolute, being made perfect unto all good works. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship, that you would just illuminate your word, Lord, and just help us just to focus on you and your son today, Lord. And I just pray that, again, Lord, that if there is anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray, Lord, that you would open their heart today, Lord, and just speak to their heart and convict of sin. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that are sick, those that are shut in, those who cannot make it today, those that are traveling, Lord, we just lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would just speak through me today, Lord, and give me the words to say. And just hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, why do I find that poll so distressing? I found it distressing because when I was sitting there thinking about it, the first question that came into my mind was how many of those teens that did not believe the Bible is true, how many of those teens... that were not part of the 35% that believed in sin, that were not part of the 36% that believed that Christ's death was necessary, how many of those teens went to church every week? How many of those teens would sit there and say, if you were to ask them, would say they are a Christian when they believe nothing about Christianity? This poll was troubling because it shows that these youth, as uh, are many youth, these youth are not being taught the Bible. They're not being taught by the church. They're not being taught at home. And Bible study... And Bible teaching does not begin at the church. It begins in the home with the parents teaching their children the way of God. We're to equip as a church. We're to teach as a church, yes. But it starts in the home. It starts in the home. Parents are to teach their children. And this shows that sound biblical doctrine is not being taught in the home or in the church. And that's why it's distressing. Think about what we are to do when someone professes faith in Jesus Christ. What are we to do as a church? Let's focus on the church real quick and not the home. 
What are we to do as a church when someone professes Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? The church is to teach this new Christian. We're to teach them. Not throw them to the wolves. We're to teach them. We're to disciple them. That was the command of Christ. Go into all the world and teach. Disciple these people. We're to disciple them. But it doesn't stop at new Christians. We're, disciple, we're to disciple all Christians because all Christians continue to grow. They continue to grow. R.C. Sproul once wrote, you are required to believe, to preach, and to teach what the Bible says is true. What the Bible says is true. And then he says, not what you want the Bible to say is true. We're to teach sound doctrine. Not what we believe. We're to teach what the Bible says is true. We're to teach biblical truth. We're to disciple these young Christians. We're to disciple all Christians in sound doctrine. And what is sound doctrine? There's three things that we're to disciple people in. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ, and the knowledge of the Bible. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ, and the knowledge of the Bible. You notice I didn't say we're to instruct them in what we think is true. Because sometimes when we mingle what we think is true, it goes against biblical doctrine. If you don't believe me, look at some of the churches out there today that is teaching that homosexuality is not sin. The Bible says it's sin. And what the Bible says is true because it's God-breathed. We're to teach them the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ, and the knowledge of the Bible. And when we look at the knowledge of the Bible, it encompasses the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ. Starts in the Bible. Because the knowledge of the Bible... Is doctrines concerning biblical truth and inerrancy? Concerns sin? Concerns Satan? Concerns the necessity of salvation? The necessity of Jesus' death on the cross? Concerns God and his work in sending his son to die for us? It concerns Jesus' virgin birth. Jesus' virgin birth. How many people today believe in Jesus' virgin birth? You can't have salvation without Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary. 
Why? Because of the imputation of sin. It's imputed through the male line. That's why the Holy Spirit had to be his father and impregnate Mary. That's why it had to work that way. Because if Joseph was Jesus' father, physical father, biological father, there was no way we could be saved. But where do you learn about the virgin birth? In the Bible. We learn about Christ's sinless life, his work on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension back into heaven. We learn about the work of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We learn about how God gives us talents that we are to use in his work. And, we're to, and we learn what's required of the Christian. Prayer, Bible study, and evangelism. Spreading the gospel. Now, how many churches are teaching these things? How many youth are being taught these things? You know, it's fine to have a great big church. It's fine to have a big youth group and all these big programs for youth. Activities for youth. It's fine to have all those things. But if, if the church is not making disciples of those youth, if the church is not teaching those youth sound biblical doctrine, all that church has is a bunch of spiritual atheists sitting in the pew because they're not being taught. They're not being discipled. And if they don't believe the Bible, if they don't believe in sin, if they don't believe in Christ, they can sit there and go to all the activities that they want, but when they die, they will die lost and go to hell. It doesn't matter how long you've went to church. If you don't believe in Christ, you don't believe in Christ. And when you die, you go to hell. Brother Jeff, that's harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. It's what the Bible teaches us. A church that is not teaching people, a church that is not discipling people, is not doing any good for these people that are going to that church. They're actually doing more harm than good because the people are sitting there in the pew and they think that they're okay. And they don't believe anything that's taught in the Bible. Think about that. Our primary focus as a church is not how many activities we can have for youth. Our primary focus is to equip these Christians for their spiritual walk with Christ. And that takes every Christian in the church. 
We're to equip Christians for their spiritual growth and their daily walk. We're to teach them sound biblical doctrine. Look at what Paul writes to Timothy. Look at what he writes to Timothy. Look at verse 15. And that thou hast known the holy scriptures of a child. Look at that. You've known the holy scriptures. You've known the scriptures since you were a child. A child. Who taught Timothy? Who taught him? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, we say that it was a grandmother and his mother. His grandmother and his mother taught him the scriptures. It started in the home. But who else taught him? Paul. Paul taught him as well. We see Paul's teaching in his letters that he wrote to Timothy. Because those letters taught him. The main point is, is that Timothy would not have known the scriptures. Timothy would not have known anything about God. He would not have known anything about Jesus Christ if he had never been taught. And it started in the home. And then it continued outside the home when Paul taught him. And then we see Paul telling Timothy why the scriptures are so important. Look at what he writes. Number one, they make one wise unto salvation. Make one wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. The first thing we learn about the scripture from Paul in this verse is that it makes us wise concerning Jesus Christ. We learn about Jesus Christ from the Bible. And if you say you don't believe the Bible is true, You don't believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. How can you? You don't believe in God. How can you? Because our faith is built upon the Scripture and what it teaches us concerning Christ. It's built upon the Scripture. And our faith grows as our knowledge of the scripture grows. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It grows as our knowledge of scripture grows. Secondly, look at what he writes. The whole scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed. Now, what does that mean? 
God moved upon the people that wrote it. It's God breathed, which means it's inerrant and it's true. It's inerrant and it's true. Think about something. Would God have given us something that was not true? Would God have given us something that points to his son that had error in it? And you have all these people out there today that say they go to seminary, but it's actually a bunch of them are cemeteries instead of seminaries that will sit there and say, oh, well, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. How do you know it's wrong? Were you there when God gave it to the writers? Were they there when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and walked out of the tomb? No. They're just doing exactly what Satan wants them to do. God would not have given us something that wasn't true. He would not have given us something that had error in it. The scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed and therefore it is inerrant and it is true. And that means that it is trustworthy. We can trust it. We can trust it. You know, one can say they believe in God. One can say they believe in Christ. But if you don't believe the Word, if you don't believe the Bible, and if you say that the Word is not true, you don't believe in God. And you don't believe in Christ. Because everything we know, as I mentioned earlier, everything we know about Jesus Christ is found in the Bible. Everything that we know about salvation is found in the Bible. The Word tells us about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe it, you're not saved. You can say you believe in God and you believe in Christ all you want, but the Scriptures tell us in James chapter 2, verse 19, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The demons also believe and tremble. You can say you believe all you want, but if you do not have faith in it, you're lost. Because the demons believe there's a God. The demons also believe that there's a Jesus Christ and they tremble because of it. We have to be teaching these people 
about faith and how they are to grow in their faith by trusting in the Word of God. And if we're not doing that, we're doing no good as a church. And that's why we get what the Scripture is to be used for. Look at what Paul writes. The Scripture is to be used because it is profitable. It is profitable to teach. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction and instruction in righteousness. That's why we're to teach it. The Bible helps us in our daily walk. And as verse 17 says, it equips us for every good work. Every good work as a Christian comes from the Bible and the instruction that we get because we use what we learn in our daily life. Thus the scripture makes us wise unto salvation. It builds our faith. It's inspired. Inerrant. It's profitable for doctrine. For reproof. For correction when we do wrong. And for instruction in how to be righteous. Thus it equips us for every good work in our daily walk. Thus it must be taught. It must be believed and soundly taught to all those who say they profess faith in Jesus Christ. But like I said earlier, the church is to do this. But it starts in the home. Fathers, You're the spiritual head of the household. Are you teaching the Bible to your children? Are you teaching them how to pray? Are you teaching them how to study the Word of God? Are you teaching them how to walk rightly before God? Mothers, are you spending time reading the Bible to your children and teaching them Bible stories and prayers. Scriptural teaching should take place in the home and in the church. It's the responsibility of the Christians to do this. Why did one in four teens not believe the Bible is true? Why did one in four teens not believe the Bible is true? Because they're not being taught that it's true. It's that simple. They're not being taught. They're not being taught at home and they're not being taught by the church. And we're to teach. We're to teach them. But I want to say something else. It goes beyond teaching. Our life is a witness. 
do they see us? When they look at the older Christians, when they look at their parents, do they see us living like a Christian? Do they see us reflecting a life that says, I believe what is written in the Bible? Because if they are not seeing us live it, they won't believe it. No matter what the church says. It's that simple. We are to reach the youth. We are to teach the youth. And it starts with us. The older Christians. It starts with us. We have to live what we say we believe. Because if we're not doing it, if we're not teaching them, you can be rest assured they're being taught by Satan. And they're going to follow exactly what he throws in their path. Because they do not have a strong biblical doctrine on which to build their life. It starts with us. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I just thank you that we could just learn from your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overset us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.